Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sheep Get Sheared podcast, home of people, politics, and popular culture. I'm your host, Austin Crude. I want to welcome you into the show. So, I've talked about the government at length <laughs> multiple times on this show. In fact, I for those of you who are new to the show, I used to work for the government. I was in the Air Force for about two years, a top secret clearance, learned quite a bit about some of the shady workings of the government. And so when you learn in college about how the government is a necessary evil, well, trust me, I was already aware of that. But, you know, when you discuss government and politics and whatnot, people tend to get a little triggered. And you know what? I totally get that. People told me when I was a kid, don't discuss religion or politics. And yet here I am talking about it on a somewhat normal basis. But my friends, what's what we're going to talk about today is tyranny. You know, when you stay on social media long enough, I wouldn't fault you for saying that everything and everybody has something to do with tyranny or propaganda or whatever. It's very easy to get sucked up into this world. But we're going to really go through and unveil what tyranny is historically and we're going to take a little journey down memory lane to look at some historical examples of tyranny, both in the literature and in real life. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. Number one thing I want to discuss is the origins of tyranny. So when it comes to tyranny and it comes to politics in general, there's usually a common denominator of the origins of modern political theory and that goes back to the ancient greeks now i know when some people hear ancient greeks they're immediately i know i get it trust me i understand bear with me this is important so tyranny is defined as the absolute rule by a single authority lord acton wrote that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely well, we've seen examples of this in history, and it usually consists of oppressing the people and being unjust in your in your rulings. And part of this is really ingrained in the human condition when it comes to power, wealth, control, and whatnot. But we see examples of this all throughout every culture in human history. But let's go back to the cradle of civilization itself, which would be ancient Mesopotamia, where the concept of a single ruler wielding absolute power first emerged. Now, back in that day, they had their leadership be both head of church and state, or there'd be the king, and then there'd be the priestess, and they would symbolize the head of church and the head of state. But there were many examples of the ruler being the head of both church and state. In the Bible, they talk about Melchizedek. He's an example of that. But because people wanted to control both the body and soul of the human being, they wanted to control both the clergy and the crown. So there's nothing new in that regard. But let's fast forward to the ancient Greeks and the Romans. Because we had people like Julius Caesar as another example of someone who took power. Uh, oh goodness, I hope I pronounced this right. I've been playing with this pronunciation. Pisisterius? I'm sorry, I'm not a Greek, man. I do my best. 
But there's another example. But let's go back even to the Greek literature itself. You have men like Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle who played with these philosophic concepts. In fact, in Plato's Republic, Socrates had an example of tyranny as flood, as preferring foreigners over the indigenous population. And using that definition, Joe Biden can be described as a tyrant using that definition because he seems to prefer the people coming into the country more than the people who are already in the country. And you know, when I talk about immigration, which I plan to do later today, immigration kind of ties into this whole thing as well. But I want to make one thing perfectly clear. When it comes to immigration, the reason why I'm so against the anti, I'm so anti-immigration, especially anti-illegal immigration, is not because I don't like Hispanic people. It is not because I don't like people who are black or Arabic or or anything else. It's because I don't like people breaking the law. Let me tell you something. Do you think it's okay for someone to just walk into your house? Of course not. So why would anybody just be allowed to walk into your country? That's my philosophy. And if it was happening from people from European countries as well, I'd be saying the same thing. My message would not change at all. So I wanted to make that perfectly clear. Because I understand that when it comes down to it, Herbert Marcuse and his acolytes did a very good job when it came to the creation of racism offenses. If you don't know who Herbert Marcuse is, you might have heard of Bill Ayers. That name might ring a bell for you. But you might not have heard of Herbert Marcuse. You know, I, I've discussed him before, but I might have to do a whole other show on Herbert Marcuse because Herbert Marcuse is a man who was a Western jug. He was a left-wing juggernaut in the 60s when he came over and built the Frankfurt School of Marxist Theory, which is now known as the Frankfurt School of Critical Thinking. Ironic, right? But one of his 11, he had 11 things that he really put forward towards what he called the silent revolution or the quiet revolution, which I've discussed before at length, but I'll give you a little bit of a Cliff Notes version of this. One of the number one thing that he saw in America that could lead towards this quiet revolution was, in his words, the creation of racism offenses. In other words, whenever possible, focus upon race, not upon substance. And we see that all the time, which goes back to being oppressive and unjust. Another one of his examples was cult creating a legal system with a bias against the victim, the victims of actual crime, with a bias towards illegal aliens, bias towards drug dealers, biases towards pimps, in lowlifes and degenerates, which we see already today. Now let's get back to the historical examples of tyranny. So history is rife with tyrants. We can look at Napoleon, Genghis Khan. We can look at the czars of Russia. We can look at the more extreme examples like old Adolf and Joseph Stalin. But you know what's interesting is history is usually the determinator of tyrants. Because history is written by the victors, so the victors tend not to write themselves as tyrants. You could take a man like Abraham Lincoln as an example. Lincoln is seen as a great president, which he was. 
However, he was very tyrannical with his approaches towards the Civil War, shutting down telegraph lines, jailing a political opponents, throwing journalists in prison. Uh, those kinds of things by today's standards are very tyrannical. But because he won the war, we don't see that side of him. We see the side that's purely positive. We, but versus a person like Ivan the Terrible of Russia, you're going to clearly see as being very fear-mongering expansionists or Genghis Khan who was merciless in his pursuit of conquest. But I wanted to point that out because tyranny is often just seen through blood and iron, but it's not always that clear-cut. A lot of times it comes through the power of the pen, which we see in the modern day. The psychology of tyrants can be can vary quite a bit, but what drives a person to become a tyrant, according to psychological studies, suggests that there's a mix of A, extreme ambition, B, narcissism, and C, often they come from a background of insecurity or trauma. Now, I want to point something out, that these three character traits in and of itself, ambition, narcissism, and trauma, trauma is inherent to the human condition. I mean, let's just, let's just be real here, okay? But the individuals who contain these tend to crave power and control, and they often view themselves as above the law and above morality. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the weaponization of morality because morality is something that's often used by the weak to justify the strength of the, to justify away the superiority of the strong. And that has nothing to do with race, nothing to do with religion, and everything to do with your yourself as an individual. That's what I say. But in the modern world, we tend to see things a little less black and white because things are very gray when you put them into reality. In today's world, tyranny is not always very overt, like we said before, with examples like Ivan the Terrible, examples like Genghis Khan, old Adolf and Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, uh, Pol Pot, you could go down the list. But in today's world, the modern tyrants are often more subtle. They use stuff like control and influence over the media. Mm, sound familiar? Manipulation of the legal system, like the two-tier justice system we have in this country. And using more democracy as like a guise for their oligarchy tendencies. And they, they want to maintain power at all costs. Sound familiar? I want to highly point out, though, the control over the media. Because when it comes down to it, the media is in business to make money. And so when you look at where the money is going, you can often find out who is behind the, the puppets. Who's the puppet master pulling the puppet strings? All you gotta do is follow the purse because the purse has tremendous power. So we've talked about what tyranny looks like historically. We talked about what it looks like in the modern day, but what do you do to resist these tyrants who exhibit these qualities we've discussed? Extreme ambition, narcissism, uh, using their trauma to justify their craving for power and control. How do we resist these things? Well, to fight against tyranny, we have to really understand where it comes from, which we've done. But we also need to look at such docu documentation 
that's been used to, to curtail these antics in the past. Stuff like the Magna Carta in 1215. We can also look at the American Constitution. We can look at the French revolutionaries who then sowed the wind and wrapped the whirlwind of Napoleon in the French Empire. History is filled with these types of movements that sometimes even led to a blowing of the wind in the opposite direction. But you want to fall in the middle. The middle is usually the right place to be. It was Barry Goldwater who said that extremism and the defense of liberty is no vice and moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue. Now there is a statesman. That is a statesman right there. But would you agree with a statement like that? I mean, what do you think? Do you think he's right? Do you think he's wrong? What do you think? Well, let's keep going down this, down this path. Because despotic rule is inherent in the human condition. We, the weak inherently crave the rule of the strong, but they also like to criticize the ruling of the strong. So it's kind of hard to have it both ways. It's also, it'd be important to note that mob rule has also historically not worked out very well. So you need to find that good balance, which is what the American experiment is all about. If you read the Federalist Papers or the Brutus Papers, you get a really interesting insight into trying to bring together the necessary evil of government with the desire to provide freedom to the people. But let's keep going because I think showing strength and resilience and trying to find this peaceful balance and not trying to use violence to solve all your problems is inherently something that goes against our natural programming. So since tyranny is as old as civilization itself, our approach at how to curtail it is going to evolve. I mean, there's no if, ands, or buts around this. But understanding the history we've discussed, understanding the realities of how the modern day is a little bit different looking than the past will hopefully allow you to see that the media covers for the people in power, number one. And number two, you need to question everything that comes your way. Because if you just believe everything that everyone says, you're going to be a useful idiot. Lenin wrote about useful idiots. He used them to build an entire empire. Don't be one of those people. If you ask questions, you become an informed citizen, which makes you the most dangerous adversary to any social order on the planet. Well, my friends, what do you think about tyranny? Do you think that who would you say is a tyrant on the modern political stage? It could be in America. It could be in any other country on the planet, in the United Nations, anywhere. What do you think? Who would fit the description based on the characteristics, the historical references, and the analysis that we've done on this show today? If you like what you heard, you want to answer the question to me directly, you can head on over to my ex at Sheep Get Sheared. Hit me in my DMs. My DMs are open. You're more than welcome to ask questions, uh, give me answers to any questions I ask throughout the show. Well, my friends, I really want you to dive into these topics because they're very important to your life. They're very important when you follow the people in power and what they're doing. The f a fish walks from the head down, so you need to spot the rock before it gets down too far. My friends, God bless you. God bless your families and God bless America. I'm out of here. Have a great Christmas, 
Happy Christmas Eve. Uh, sorry. Happy Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas tomorrow. And my friends, let's get out here and enjoy ourselves, but let's stay informed. I'm out of here. Peace. Thank you.